0: They're saying I'm a terrorist, that I'm about to get a life-in-prison sentence. The evidence was a $1 bill. You know, nothing made sense. This is Convicted Across Borders,
1: a podcast co-produced by Focus Features and LA Times Studios brand team, and funded by Focus Features in support of the film Stillwater. I'm your host, Marsha Clark. I've spent decades as a prosecutor and a defense attorney in the United States, but each year, more than 3,000 Americans are imprisoned outside the United States. Many are wrongfully convicted, and many are told they will never return home. Imagine what you would do in that horrific situation. Who could you count on to come to your rescue? In this five-part series, we're hearing real-life, first-hand accounts of American citizens Whose international journeys turned into epic nightmares. Sirkan Golge was living the American dream. Born in Turkey, he became an American citizen and was working as a senior research scientist at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston. He had a loving wife, Kubra, and two young sons. In the summer of 2016, they went to Turkey to visit their family. They went at least once a year, especially enjoying the opportunity for Serkan and Kubra's parents to spend time with their grandchildren. While tensions in the country were high following the recent failed coup to unseat President Erdogan, Serkan's family vacation went as planned. As Serkan and his family prepared to return to Texas, police showed up at his parents' home on an anonymous tip and arrested him. Sirkan was being accused of being a member of the terrorist organization behind the failed movement to overthrow the Turkish president. Sirkan was innocent, but to the Turkish government, as an American citizen, he was presumed guilty, and if convicted, he faced a lifetime in prison. This is Sercan's story.
0: My name is Sirkan Kolke. I am 41 years old. I live in Texas and I work as a contractor at the NASA Johnson Space Center in Houston, Texas. I have two kids, two boys, five and ten, and I'm happily married. Sirkan was born in Antioch, Turkey. He
1: came to the United States in 2003 to study physics.
0: I chose the United States because of its academic freedom and prosperity and giving more chance after he graduated. These are the main motivations that I had, not knowing that I would stay here for 20 plus years, but I wanted to stay in the United States because I had great opportunities after I finished my doctorate degree. Working for NASA as a scientist is a dream for most people.
1: Happily staying to live that dream, Sirkan became a US citizen in 2010. I'm
2: sure that everyone who knows Sircon feels the same way that I do, is that they're very lucky
1: to know Sircon. That's Alicia Hoffler. She's a scientist living in southeastern Virginia. Alicia met Sircon when they were both graduate students at Old Dominion University.
2: He was studying physics and I was studying electrical engineering, and he was a couple years ahead of me. So he was basically a lot like a big brother for me. He was always there to answer my questions and to help me out. He's just a really nice, easygoing, caring man. Um, he's dedicated to his family, his parents, his wife and his children. I mean, he's just a, a really nice guy. And he's really easygoing, and he has a really good sense of humor.
1: Alicia also knew how much Sir Khan loved his home country of Turkey. When he moved to Texas,
2: he had one of these fold-up maps of Turkey, and he gave it to me, and he, he circled. He said, Alicia, this is where I'm from, and I still have that map. I still have that map and I treasure that map. I mean, that's the kind of person he is, right?
1: Sircon is a pillar in the science community. As a senior research scientist for NASA's Space Radiation Analysis Group, he's responsible for studying the effects of radiation on astronauts for NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston. After SirCon and his family moved to Houston, Alicia and Sirkon would continue to keep in touch sharing photos of the children, checking in during hurricane season, and talking about vacation plans. He had told me
2: earlier in the year that his son had been born, his youngest son, and that his uh, wife's family was over helping with the children. And at some point, he and his family were going to go back to Turkey for Ramadan, so that his family in Turkey and her family in Turkey could meet the baby and see the older son
0: In 2016 of June, I went to Turkey with my family. We would travel to Turkey every summer, almost at the same time. I would take my vacation time with my family. We would travel to my parents and her parents. So we would stay there for about two, three weeks.
1: After hearing several stories in the news, a bombing at the airport in Turkey and rising reports of a coup and civil unrest, Alicia emailed Sirkon to see if he and his family were okay. I was like, there's a coup.
2: What's going on? Are you okay? And he's like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. I'm heading back Sunday. I'll be back in the United States. Everything will be fine. And I said, great. So I sent him another email. I don't know, a couple days later, he didn't reply. And He's usually very responsive within 24 hours. 24 hours went by, 48 hours went by. Because of the coup, I was like, what's going on? Let me just do a search. I have no idea to this day why I did it, but I did it. And there was this one-liner notice that SIRCON had been taken into custody and I was just stunned. I couldn't believe it. I had no idea why. So I immediately started contacting different colleagues. You know, have you heard from SIRCON? I sent him this email. I haven't heard from him. You know, I'm really worried. I don't know what's going on. And, and people are responding back to me saying no. they had not heard from him. <laughs> So uh, there was another report saying that Serkan had been taken into custody and I was really panicked because I didn't know what to do. So I called the State Department um, to
1: report that an American citizen had been taken into custody. On July 23rd, 2016, without any warning, police showed up to his parents' house and they searched the home, claiming they were responding to an
0: anonymous tip I was going back to the airport on July 23rd of 2016 and civil uniform police officers stopped me and showed me a search warrant as I was about to leave my parents' house. They said they got an anonymous tip that I work for the Central Intelligence Agency CIA and I am a terrorist at the same time. I said there's a misunderstanding or maybe this is a joke, but here's my ID card and I'm going back to the United States. And they said, no, they have to search my parents' house. Sir Khan was then arrested by the police
1: in front of his wife and children.
0: When this happened to me, I'm a person, I never even had a traffic ticket in my life. I never dealt with police officers or anything like that. I have been a law-abiding citizen. I was shocked. So I was kind of scared already. But I said, look, you know, there's nothing to worry about. I'm nobody. I'm just a scientist staying at my parents' house. You know, there is nothing that I should be worrying about. But after this happened on the television, on the news reports, I saw that a lot of people, a lot of soldiers were tortured. They were tortured and the government did not hesitate to make this public. I did not cry, but when the police took me, I looked at one last time, I turned my back, I looked at my wife, my my mom, my sisters, they were crying. I did not cry at the time because as I said, I said, look, this is a mistake. They will realize that this is a mistake. Not knowing that, unfortunately, I was part of a witch hunt, which whatever evidence they have, it doesn't matter. It was just. I was just guilty by association. For the next
1: 14 days, Sir Khan was detained and questioned day and night by intelligence officials. Sir Khan repeatedly told them he was not a spy. He was simply a scientist visiting his family.
0: Each cell was designed for one person because it was supposed to be a detention cell, you know, for an overnight stay or something like that. But I stayed 14 days with four people we had to take turns to sleep. I slept on the ground. And uh, we spoke about what happened. Some of them were police officers. Some of them were, you know, just regular citizens like myself. Nobody was aware of anything. It's just that each one of them was either arrested because there was an anonymous tip or they were associated with the Gulam movement. The so-called evidence against Sir Khan was that he had attended
1: Fatih University on a physics scholarship, and the university had ties to
0: the Gulen movement. I just went to this college in 1998, and I think that was it. That was enough evidence for them in Turkey. Serkan also had a bank account with
1: one of Turkey's largest banks that was now deemed to have a financial connection to the coup. There was also one other piece of evidence the police claimed to have against SirCon.
0: When the police came in, they searched my house, uh, my parents' house first. They couldn't find anything. They just took all the cell phones that belonged to me and to my parents. And then they looked inside the cell phones and things like that. They couldn't find anything. After the police arrested me, I learned the police went to my house Very suspiciously, the second time, they went to the house and they claimed they found a dollar bill, one U.S. dollar bill, in my brother's house. I have no proof, but I think it was planted by someone just to make sure that there is some kind of hard evidence to be able to arrest me.
1: The absurd theory behind that dollar bill? That the serial numbers on the dollar bill act as your member ID in Gulen's movement. It defies reason that you
2: would use that as a piece of evidence, because there's sort of no reason behind it. You can't refute it. You can't say, well, that's not my dollar, right? It doesn't have your name on it. Oh, but this ID number is your ID number. It's like, oh. <laughs> if you say it's my ID number and I say it's not, <laughs> how can I prove to you
1: that it's not my ID, right? It didn't matter that Sircon had no knowledge of any of those connections or that they actually happened years before any of this was going on. Serkan had nothing to do with the Gulen movement and even condemned the coup attempt. After 14 days, Serkan was told by a Turkish judge that he was being charged as a terrorist.
0: I stood before a judge. I said, that's it. The judge will understand me. This is all a mistake. I had my lawyer presented that I am a respectable scientist even if this $1 bill is considered as a badge of a terrorist organization that the government considers, it wasn't mine. And in any case, he said, for God's sake, the guy is a U.S. citizen. He, he earns money in, a, in U.S. dollars. You know, What kind of evidence is that? $1 cannot be evidence, and he's not working for the CIA. And the judge listened to me very carefully, and she arrested me anyway. And I said, that's it. I don't think they are going to release me for a long time. I didn't realize that I would stay there for three years in a single isolation cell. I thought I would stay three or four months.
1: <laughs> for Sircon and his family, they never lost sight of the meaning of home. We spoke with Stillwater director Tom McCarthy
3: about the power home plays in the film. Stillwater Home haunts these people, both what it represents in terms of mistakes, in terms of their past, and what it represents aspirationally and hope towards the future. But inevitably, you know, in returning, like, everything is change, and we can be changed in a number of ways, through success, through victory, and certainly through tragedy and through loss. So there's just certain moments in life that are beyond our control, that we can't find a bright side or even a silver lining to and sometimes you just do have to acknowledge those moments for what they are and i think this movie honors that when these moments happen and upend everything how do we move forward i think part of that is recognizing the reality of just sometimes life is unfair and life is brutal and then we've got to move beyond that the question is where we go from there See the Focus Features
1: film, Stillwater, directed by Tom McCarthy and starring Matt Damon. Stillwater is now playing in theaters and is available on demand on August 20th. And now, back to Sirkan's story. Sirkan had become one of the thousands of Turkish scientists and academics wrongfully thrown in prison as part of a cruel and unjust crackdown by the government.
0: The witch hunt included hundreds of thousands of people for no reason at all. Either they were related to the coup or not related, from lawyers to judges to police officers to uh, scientists to academics to journalists. You know, hundreds of journalists are still in jail in Turkey.
1: Accused of working for the CIA and being part of the terrorist group plotting to overthrow the Turkish government, Sirkon faced a sentence of life in prison.
0: I was directly sent to a maximum security prison close to my parents' home. Neither in 14 days nor after that, I was not able to see my parents or my kids. They did not allow me to see them or talk to them. And I think after three months, I was able to talk to them for the first time. They, they were given access to me to visit me. I can't forget that moment. Uh, probably for when, when I came to the visiting house, there was a large glass separating us. I took the phone. They picked up the phone. I remember we cried for 10 minutes. None of us could speak. We just cried for about 10 minutes. Nothing. After about 10 minutes, I was able to speak. I mean, we had 20 minutes anyway. So I said, look, that's enough. Let's start speaking. What's going on? Tell me. I have no idea what's going on. You know, why I'm here. Is there no way that you can access the uh, U.S. Embassy, Council of Services? Did they know about me? You know, what's going on? Tell me, you know, I'm in the dark here. I was taken to a single uh, isolation cell. I don't know why. So we only had a few moments to exchange this, but that was the first time I ever cried so much in my life. The Turkish government would not allow the U.S. embassy
1: or consulate to visit or contact Serkan. All of this because of a ridiculous anonymous tip which Kubra, Sir Khan's wife believes, came from a distant relative angry over an inheritance dispute.
0: I went in a prison room made for five inmates. We stayed 33 inmates in that cell. That was horrible. And imagine that in Turkey, almost 100 degrees in August, 33 men, just one bathroom, 33 men, We took turns, you know, to sleep. There was not enough bed to do that. Uh, Many of us got sick because of this unhealthy conditions. But after that, I was taken to a single isolation cell. The first year I was alone for 24 hours a day. So 23 hours in the isolation cell all by myself. And they wouldn't give us books or anything like that. They wouldn't allow any communication from outside because of the state of emergency declared in Turkey. The first year was the harshest. But after the first year, I was able to speak to someone at least one hour a day. During my 23 hours, I was trying to stay sane. I was trying to meditate, pray to God that that I would stay healthy and hopefully go back to my family again. That's what kept me alive and sane. In my faith, to me, nothing is a random act. Although I had nothing to do with this thing, but I said to myself, if this happened to me, there must be a reason, and I should be staying alive. And I think my faith in a greater something helped me to stay focused among all this craziness happening around me because nothing was making sense at the time.
1: Serkan would continue to have his faith and life tested. In February 2018, Khan was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison. Serkan's wife, Kubra, having to raise their two children alone without their father, was forced to sell their home in Houston. She and the children had been living with her family in southern Turkey to be near Sirkan's
0: prison. Financially, since, since the Turkish government didn't let me go, and they blocked my wife's passport as well, we didn't have anything. If my parents were not in Turkey at the time, I don't know what we would do. We had nothing in Turkey. No money, nothing. She had to sell everything. Everything. I mean, literally everything we had.
1: Alicia was in shock that this could be happening to her friend. That's just not
2: Sir Khan at all. And so I just couldn't believe that Sir had been taken into custody and over terrorism, right? It was just ridiculous. So um, I start asking
1: people, you know, what do we can do? Friends helped set up interviews for Alicia with reporters from the physics community to draw attention to Sir Khan's situation. But that worried Alicia even more. You know, if you raise someone's the
2: visibility of someone's situation, it might make them sort of a more valuable target to the government and that they would be less inclined to let them go. The other side was that, well, if no one says anything, no one tries to raise the visibility at all, that it could just be that he just kind of disappears, right? So I was really, really concerned about talking to the reporters. I mean, I didn't want to jeopardize Serkan at all. I didn't want to do
1: anything to hurt him or make his situation worse. Through the physics community and Alicia and Sirkan's network of friends, they were able to raise awareness of Sirkan's situation and connect Sirkan's wife and family to organizations like the Committee of Concerned Scientists, a nonprofit dedicated to protecting scientists' human rights. And although drawing attention to Sirkan's situation was risky, it was a risk they had to take.
0: Being a dual citizen uh, in Turkey at the time, was probably one of the worst things that you could get because the Turkish government blamed the United States government being behind the coup attempt in Turkey. I think it hurt me a lot, but in the end, it helped me because they would not let me go probably if the United States Embassy and the United States State Department and the White House and the Congress actually intervened a lot.
1: Raising awareness in the media about Sirkan helped create a groundswell of support to get him freed. Momentum picked up as Sirkan's name was mentioned in briefings by the State Department.
0: All of a sudden, I was given access by the Turkish government to the U.S. consulate. The U.S. consulate started to uh, visit me regularly every month, and I'm thankful to them. So they tried to update me. they formed a committee for the American citizens to, you know, rescue American citizens unjustly and illegally detained in Turkey by the Turkish government. Despite this, it would
1: still take another year of media attention and action by members of Congress and the
0: State Department pushing for Sir Khan's release. At the third year, at the moment that I completely lost my faith in everything, something magical happened. They came to me after the third year. They said, you're free to go. Pack your things, you have to get out in 15 minutes. I'm like, are you guys just playing with me? Is this a joke? They said, look, we don't joke about these things. You have 15 minutes to pick up your things, not knowing what happened. On May 29th, 2019,
1: Sir Khan was finally released from prison. But he was not free to leave the country for another year.
0: It was one of the you know most amazing and happy moments in my life. When they came in, my wife and kids were uh, with her parents in another city. But my mom and my dad and my brothers came and picked me up. It was, again, it's hard to describe, but it was one of the happiest moments in my life. And I was so scared that something would happen to me at the moment, that I would lose this moment. You know, I I told them, let's run, let's drive. (laughs) Because, you know, I just don't want them to come back and, hey, we made a mistake, you're coming back in. I'm like, pump the gas, damn it. You know, (laughs) just, just leave. That was the feeling I had. I thought I would be able to leave, but they did not leave me alone. They put me in house arrest for several months, and then I had a GPS tracker on me.
1: When Alicia found out from the organization that Sir Khan was being released from prison, she couldn't believe the good news. When I found out that Sir
2: Khan was going to be released, I was thrilled, I, was, I couldn't stop telling people. I was sending emails to anybody in the network. They were all genuinely thrilled to hear
1: that Sir Khan was going to be released. In April 2020, when he was finally allowed to return to the U.S., Sir Khan was hospitalized with stomach ulcers
0: and the pandemic grounded flights. Knowing that you are unlawfully and unjustly detained and arrested, and you're staying in a single prison cell for such a long time, it has a heavy toll on your psychology, your heart, your um, immune system, your stomach it would be two more months before Sir Khan and his family
1: could leave. But after four long years, they finally returned to Houston. For the first time, Sir Khan realized just how much his friends back home had helped him win his freedom.
0: My friend Alicia, she was so persistent to write those letters and to follow up with Congress and follow up with the State Department. My colleagues made so much noise that the U.S. State Department and White House and Helsinki Commission tried to pass legislation. I just learned this after coming back to the United States. I was not aware of that because, as I said, when I was in prison, I was given no access to anything. I had no idea. After I came back to the United States, I thanked each one of them. The only thing I could do was thank for their friendship. There is no earthly thing that I could give them for what they did to me. Sir Khan and his family
1: are finally able to start rebuilding the life they once had.
0: I guess we are doing okay. We are just trying to recover. She's a strong person. I knew that she would take care of the kids and herself, but I was so worried for three years. When I was in prison, sometimes I would meet with people that their whole family were arrested she was so smart she did not criticize anyone she just told my story my eldest son was uh, six the second one was only two months old when i was arrested i'm sorry three months old so he didn't know me after three years when i was released he was looking at me as a stranger but uh, you know But, you know, kids, you know, children, after you start playing with them, buying them candies, things like that, uh, we started to get cozy. But uh, unfortunately, I missed all those marvelous events, that his first walk, his first words, things like that. I, I, I lost them. I lost all of them. But I guess that's life. And I'm just trying to recover. I'm just trying to make up my time with my kids.
1: But after four traumatic years, many challenges still remain, for them and so many others.
0: I am trying to occupy my mind with my job that I love very much. As I said, working at NASA, working on on a project that will expand to uh, Moon and Mars in the next 10 years, it's a great thing, it's a great opportunity. So that makes me very happy. But I am also sad at the same time, because there are still thousands of people in Turkey. They're in prison waiting for the last four or five years. They have no idea what they're accused of. One of them is my cousin. He was a professor, orthopedic surgery professor. He was accused of terrorism. I mean, come on. And then he's been sitting in a prison for the last five years. So I'm happy for myself and for my family that I was so lucky. But I am so sad that I still have a lot of friends staying in prison for no reason in Turkey. Everything seems to me right now meaningless. Because this could have happened to anyone. And it happened to me. And I'm like, I work and I work and I work. I have a happy life and, and so what? Seeing such an event happen to me and in the end I was so traumatized I'm I would say nothing is making me happy right now. I am having a very hard time to trust anyone right now. Um, and I'm still having this feeling although I'm in the United States every time the door knocks I feel feel that, who's at the door? Did someone come in to arrest me again?
1: Convicted Across Borders was created on behalf of Focus Features by LA Times Studios and Treefort and does not reflect the views of the Los Angeles Times, nor does it involve the editorial or reporting staffs of the Los Angeles Times. Executive Producers are Kelly Garner and Lisa Ammerman. Line producer is Oscar Guido. Written and produced by Matthew Kugler. Casting producer, Julie Burke. Tom Monahan is our senior audio engineer and sound supervisor, with production and editing by Jasper Leake. With additional production help from Tim Schauer, Haley Mandelberg, and Justin Washington. I'm Marcia Clark. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please subscribe, rate us, and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to raise awareness and get the word out so more people can hear these powerful and real stories. And be sure to watch Focus features new film, Stillwater, directed by Tom McCarthy and starring Matt Damon. Stillwater is now playing in theaters and is available on demand on August 20th.